I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ben Roethlisberger hasn't really been hit. This season, the Eagles did it a little bit. Occasionally, someone else will get back there, but for the most part, he's walked off every field with a clean uniform. I don't think he will do that Sunday in Baltimore. And taking that further, I don't think he should do that Sunday in Baltimore. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this, the newly reborn DK Sports Radio podcasting network. It's Steelers versus Ravens. 102 p.m. Sunday at MT Bank Stadium in Baltimore. I'll be heading down there tomorrow to cover that. And I'm looking forward to it. Every bit as much as you are. I, I find the matchup, just set the rivalry aside. The matchup itself is fascinating. When you start getting into which team does what well, they don't align. There are certain things that the Steelers do well that don't align with things that the Ravens don't do well, and vice versa. I felt like in the Steelers' first six games, there was always something sometimes even just one specific thing that I could isolate on and say, okay, the game is going to be defined right here in this spot. It doesn't mean that the rest doesn't matter. It just means that this will be the pivoting point. Usually, that's been the Steelers' pass rush against the other guy's passing game. And, of course, usually the Steelers' pass rush has prevailed as a result, they're 6-0. and I don't think it's more complicated than that most of the time. But this time, you know what? I think it's going to be the other way around. This portion of Daily Shot is brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar and North Shore Tavern. They're sister operations right next to each other on Federal Street across from the Willie Stargell statue at PNC Park. You know where I'm talking about outstanding food in addition to the 500 beers on tap, 80 local taps, everything else. Mike loves to talk about the beer and the taps, and I get that. I'm all about the food, especially over at North Shore Tavern. Their specialty that you've probably heard about is steak on the stone. Exactly what it sounds like. Steak served on an 800-degree stone that you basically finish the cooking yourself. Mike's Beer Bar and North Shore Tavern right next to each other on Federal Street across from PNC Park. Here are some numbers to digest to see what I'm talking about here. The Ravens always have been and 
arguably always will be really good when it comes to applying pressure to the quarterbacks. There's, there's so much about these two franchises that mirror each other, but nothing more than this. It's always been about matching defensive lines and offensive lines. It's about winning the trenches. That's the reason that Pittsburgh and Baltimore have been so consistently successful, and it blows my mind that the other 30 teams haven't been able to figure that out. The Ravens' pressure up front. They've got 22 sacks already this year from 12 different players. I'm going to repeat that. It's 22 sacks from 12 different players. They don't just send to the house. They send to the garage, the tool shed, and some of the neighbors' pieces of their housing as well. I mean, whatever it is that works. 43 and a half tackles for a loss. 13 forced fumbles. The Ravens have blitzed 46.1% of the time. If you think, hmm, what's that mean? Like, what's a normal percentage? Well, if you think the Steelers are blitz-happy, the Steelers blitz actually just a little bit less at 44.3. Again, those numbers are 46.1 to 44.3, and both of those numbers are way high within the NFL context. They're going to be coming. They're coming after Ben. They will not be discouraged by the fact that Ben has shown the fastest release time of any quarterback in the league. They won't stop the same reason the Steelers wouldn't stop when they're going against a quarterback who deliberately gets rid of the ball super quickly. The Titans had a different antidote for Ben, and to an extent it worked in that they knew he was getting rid of the ball, but Mike Vrabel just told all of his guys, notably Jeffrey Simmons, just put your arms in the air. Just stick them up, tip the pass. And they did get an interception out of that, and they got a couple other passes defensed. It did throw the Steelers' offense, and Ben specifically, off their game. It's not going to happen in Baltimore. They're just going to come. They're going to come from all different directions. They're going to present the Steelers with a blocking challenge unlike anything they've faced this season. Normally, that wouldn't worry me in and of itself. But here's why it does. I need to see Ben throwing downfield. It's where the Ravens are most susceptible. Yeah, they've got some name corners. They've got Marcus Peters. They've got Marlon Humphrey. They've got Jimmy Smith, presuming he's healthy and he did not practice yesterday, so that's not a given. They've got people, but because they have people and they trust those people, Harbaugh leaves them in in cover zero. They, they don't get any help out there. They're all alone. Now, it's wonderful to have faith in those guys, and it's wonderful, I'm sure, whenever you line up against a Cleveland or a Cincinnati, but Pittsburgh's got real live wide receivers who are going to win one-on-one matchups downfield against anybody. The catch is, can the offensive line 
and anybody else who stays in to help, give Ben the pocket to hold on to the ball a little bit longer because that's what you got to do when you're throwing downfield. Can Ben show the patience for the first time all season being asked to do so and hang in there and let the ball fly? Old Ben, you don't worry about that at all. Old Ben, <laughs> you might a little bit because he's not that guy who's just going to shed tacklers and get all angry the way he used to in old in uh, Baltimore matchups from the past. Whatever, bring your blitzers. I don't care. They're just going to fall off of me or I'm going to roll out and just make magic happen on my own. That's not going to happen now. So to me, the ideal circumstance here is that the Steelers just you know, naturally block very well without having any extra packages or leaving their tight ends in or uh, going with Vance McDonald excessively over Eric Ebron just because Vance is an infinitely better blocker. Utilizing James Conner or whichever running back primarily as a blocker or someone to pick up blitzes because then you're taking other weapons away from your offense. Ideally, the offensive line would get it done. I think that's asking a lot of a team that's got 22 sacks from 10 different guys. It's coming from all different directions. So they're going to have to do something to protect Ben, not just for the game outcome, but, you know, for the whole season. You can't afford him getting hurt. So you keep this protection in place, and you still got to get the ball downfield. I'm sorry, I just don't think the dink and dunk approach is going to get very far. I really don't. Why have I not even mentioned the Steelers' defense against Lamar Jackson? You know what? I'll leave that to everybody else. That's the big, sexy matchup everybody wants to debate back and forth. A lot like last week before Tennessee, everybody wanted to talk about Steelers versus Derrick Henry. It was never going to be Steelers versus Derrick Henry. It was always going to be Steelers versus Ryan Tannehill. That is where, in fact, the matchup played out and was won. And the bigger issue, even then, was that the Steelers would put up points on the terrible Tennessee defense, and they did. It's just not as much fun to talk about in advance. Do you know what I mean? We're always looking for the names and so forth. Well, in this case, the, the, the biggest name in this matchup remains that of Ben Roethlisberger. And he's going to have to do something this Sunday that he hasn't been tasked with yet since his comeback. He's going to have to be old school Ben. If he is, since I sound all doom and gloom about this, if he is, and he shows some of that deep ball timing that we saw, uh, especially in the Cleveland game, but also to an extent before that in the Philadelphia game with Chase Claypool, the Steelers are going to win the game. Baltimore won't have a counter for Pittsburgh putting up big plays, for Pittsburgh stretching the field. There isn't an answer for that. Not even just bombs. 
some nice, healthy, intermediate, over-the-middle routes. You know, those 15-yarders, the 20-yarders, the ones that really move the sticks. And also find the soft spots in the middle of the field. I can't say this enough. The Ravens go with cover zero. They're daring you to do this because they don't think you'll find time. And even if you do find time, they don't think you'll find the courage to try it. I say go for it. I say go for it. When we come back, more football. Actually doing football the whole way through today. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Someone who needs to make a difference. You can pick the quarterback every week. So you try to get a little bit more inventive than that. And for this, I'm going to turn to the defensive side of the ball. And for the second time in three weeks, I'm going to pick on Minka Fitzpatrick. This portion of Daily Shot is brought to you by our friends at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. Check out the website, growsharethrive.org. Those three words, just like that, no other punctuation, growsharethrive.org. One in seven people in our region, right here in western Pennsylvania, don't know where their next meal is coming from. You can make a bigger difference now than at any point, because if you check out growsharethrive.org and you contribute $10 to the food bank, there will be a matching $5 to boost it. Amazing but true, $1 is all it takes to provide enough food for up to five meals. That's how efficient they are. GrowShareThrive.org. Help out the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. Minka is probably always going to be a strange case for the duration of his career in Pittsburgh. His specialty is the takeaway. His awareness, his positioning, his mindset when he's on the field is the takeaway. When he isn't making a takeaway, he's still pretty good at other stuff. So I don't mean to make him sound like a one-trick pony. In fact, upon reviewing the film of his game, in Nashville, I, I kind of softened up 
on my stance of where he was. I didn't like anything about his positioning or body language, even forgiving him the slip on A.J. Brown's 73-yard touchdown. You know which one I'm talking about, the slant right in front of Minka and right behind Vince Williams. There were no positives to the optics when you're watching that. However, in his call with us yesterday, Minka, who wasn't available to us, by the way, down in Tennessee, uh, explained for the first time what happened there. And and he did so within the, the broader scope of what kind of season he's having. I'm going to play you the whole thing here. It's pretty good. Give it a listen. I don't, I, I don't think there's any miscommunications that led to big plays. The only big play that, that happened uh, that was miscued by me was when uh, 11 caught that pass. Uh, all that happened was um, I thought Vince was going to tip the ball, so I stopped my feet. 11 was able to, to run around me because my feet were stopped. Um, there wasn't any miscommunication. There wasn't any, uh, you know, people being in the wrong spot. It was just a simple uh, – something that I have to correct. I, just, I made a mistake, but um, wasn't any miscommunication, something that's easily fixed. Um, but at this point in the season – um, no, even if I was playing uh, the the best of the best football right now, I wouldn't. I would. I would always say that I'm at the, I'm not at the level I need to be. Cause that's just the type of player I am. Uh, I don't think I'm doing a bad job. I don't think I'm doing a terrible job. I'm doing my job. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's very big on splash plays and doing other fancy stuff and this and stuff like that. But there's there's things I could do better for sure. I could definitely tackle better. Um, been missing a lot of tackles. Haven't been wrapping up. Um, but besides that, I'm, I'm going to do my job, keeping the lid on the top of the defense, uh, communicating, make sure people are in the right spot. And um, that, that's it, really. You know, it's, it's not about splash plays all the time. It's not about doing all the big things. It's about doing your job. And that's how you win games, collectively, everybody doing their job. I'm buying. There, there's nothing to not like about Minka's uh, character, his drive. And as we're starting to see here, things aren't going all that hot for him. This year, certainly nothing like last year when we all thought we were looking at the second coming of Troy. He's handled it pretty well. He's showing up. He's answering the questions uh, when it's his turn. He's one of the weekly guys the Steelers put into their Zoom call rotation. And he's been accountable. He hasn't been burying his head in the sand. But if you picked up there, listening very closely... He says in an almost dismissive way, you know, everybody wants to talk about splash plays, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, Splash plays aren't ever on one guy, not at any level of football. It just doesn't work like that. But when you go back to the 2019 defense, what made it, legitimately special, even though it didn't have the number one ranking for total defense. And that's just nothing other than yards allowed per game. It was feared more than any other, I'd say, in football just because of the 33 takeaways. Well, currently the Steelers have nine. You know, that's that's not a pace that's going to get you anywhere near that figure. A lot about takeaways in general, is luck. 
We saw some of that last year with a pass that would tip off of Joe Hayden's fingertips and land in Minka's arms, and then Minka would show that that great awareness of the field and take it to the house. Uh, we saw it with fumbles that would just bounce right up into Devin Bush's torso. Uh, it's an oblong ball. It's not predictable. You don't know where it's going to go, and sometimes it'll bounce away from you, and sometimes it'll bounce right to you. Takeaways are like that. Fumbles are like that. Fumble recoveries are very much like that. You have no idea who's going to come away with a ball. There's something of an art to it, a skill to it, but a lot of it's luck. Still, still, this defense, and in particular this player, we're talking about something that's built on takeaways. Minka thought the ball was going to deflect off of Vince Williams's hand. Therefore, he stopped moving his feet. You heard him say it. Because he was looking for the interception. He then acknowledged the obvious, which is that he shouldn't have been looking for the interception there because the moment Stephen Nelson releases A.J. Brown cutting across the middle, that's Minka's guy. He can't be concerned about the interception, but that's how he thinks because that's how he's wired. And that, in large part, is why the Steelers got him and why everyone loved him last year. The Steelers do need takeaways. They need more interceptions, more fumbles, more strip sacks, more fumble recoveries, more returns than they've had from their defense. It's asking an awful lot. It's getting greedy. Right now, the team at the top of the aforementioned NFL total defense rankings is Pittsburgh. So putting any kind of pressure on the guys who are already number one to step it up further seems a little bit unfair. Except it's not. It's not. This will be the hardest opponent, the hardest game the Steelers will have faced in 2020. They are not going to win it without takeaways. They don't have Devin Bush anymore. Whatever anyone thinks of Robert Spillane, Ulysses Gilbert, or whatever sub-packages the Steelers use to adjust to Devin Bush's absence... It's not going to be Devin Bush out there, so he's not going to be getting his fumble recoveries or interceptions or whatever. The way the Steelers' defense works, plays are funneled, routes are funneled into the middle in the hopes that the ball will be up there for Minka Fitzpatrick to come down with it and work his magic like he did against Cleveland. That's got to happen. That's not us being greedy. That's not us overvaluing the splash play. That's why you're here, dude.
At Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org. Wrapping up today's show with football, but in more of an abstract sense. I'm looking for legal representation to go after whoever it is at the National Football League that schedules these Thursday night games. What are they thinking? Falcons versus Panthers a week after Eagles and Giants. Like, what is the point of having primetime football at all? And before I continue with that thought, as long as I'm talking about legal representation, this portion of Daily Shot is brought to you by our friends at Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. That's a personal injury law firm that represents people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been AV rated, which is the highest rating a law firm can receive for legal ability and ethics. They've also been designated super lawyers. That's with a capital S and a capital L for over 15 years. That is a rare combination in the legal industry. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, Elwood City, or save yourself the trip and learn more online at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. I actually don't care about Thursday night football. My my point in bringing it up is that the Steelers will now have played, as Mike Tomlin was pointing out earlier this week, arguably the game of the week in the NFL three weeks in a row. And that's really neat. He expressed at least a small amount of pride in that, and he should. When your team... Uh, I was going to say is marquee. The Steelers are always a marquee franchise. The same reason the Cowboys are. There's a reason that half the headlines everywhere are still about the Cowboys, even though they stink and they've lost now their top two quarterbacks. Not just Dak Prescott, but now Andy Dalton, too. And yet everybody still talks about Dallas, Dallas this, Dallas Cowboys. You put NFL Network on, it's Dallas, Dallas, Dallas. I mean, they don't matter at all, but everyone talks about them. Why marquee franchise? Why does everybody talk about the Steelers, including when times are tough, uh, including occasionally just making stuff up for narratives? Why? Because everyone, you know, they're the Steelers. Not just to us in Pittsburgh, they're the Steelers. They're Manchester United. And it's nice to see the Steelers earning that marquee brand the right way all over again by being atop the overall league standings. That's neat. But you know what's neater still? All these games have been at 1 o'clock on a Sunday. 
you know? And I'm sorry if that makes me old school or whatever. To me, the National Football League belongs on Sundays at 1 p.m. I mean, have your Sunday night game, Monday night game, although Mondays have really been drowned out by Sundays because NBC has done such a marvelous job of marketing what they call football night in America, even though that's pretty brazenly stolen from hockey night in Canada, so be it. Those things are fun, but still, there's something about Sunday at 1 o'clock. There's something about, in non-coronavirus times, seeing people show up at sunrise, uh, even earlier. Uh, scalpers riding around on bikes, waving unsold tickets to people. Seeing the the tailgating, the pigs being roasted, uh, the cornhole, and everything else that goes on in the mornings, especially when it's colder, especially when it's snowing and there's fires going on and uh, people are being neighborly and sharing stuff. And it's just, it's Sunday, you know, it's Sunday morning in advance of a Sunday one o'clock game. You can even say the same thing just about the TV experience. Uh, you know, as a kid, I, I'd get up and I'd watch the NFL films reruns. And that was pretty much what you'd got early on Sunday morning. But then eventually it would turn to pregame shows and, and everything else. And there were no games going on during these pregame shows. You know, it was just, you know, you're getting ready for one o'clock. All three of these games at 1 o'clock. That's really, really cool. That's all I have to say on the subject. Don't flex these things. If it's a big game at 1 o'clock on a Sunday, believe you me, people will find it. I guarantee you Steelers versus Ravens is going to have the best rating of the coming NFL full week. Guarantee it. Thanks so much for listening to this. The next show will obviously come from Baltimore.